0: Hello, one and all, and welcome to this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Very excited to be here today. Oh my goodness, I have started, now that it is June, we are officially June 1st, so give yourselves a round of applause <laughs> to making it to June. Very impressive stuff that we've made it this far already. I saw a post on Instagram and it said something like, I blinked, it was January 1st, 2021, I blinked again, and it was June 1st. 2021 i don't know how fast this year has gone compared to last year i don't know why how this has gone so fast compared to last year but it has and it's been kind of fun and kind of sad at the same time because where's the time gone we're all getting done with college and everything so now we got to go into the real world shuddering oh my goodness so scary to go in the real world but that's the world we live in yes the real (laughs) the the real world i guess but before We get into what we want to talk about for the main source, main subjects of the show today. Because it's June, I wanted to start off by saying I'm trying to go and be healthy. Yes. Oh, New Year's resolutions. I don't ever set New Year's resolutions. I don't think I've ever set one. But this time, I was doing a June resolution. So I'm cutting out my caffeine intake, mostly Red Bull intake and trying to eat out less so I don't keep gaining weight. Now I haven't. I'd like to say this. I've not gained a ton of weight since I left William Penn, but the lack of working out has allowed me to get looser. Which is I hate saying that because it sounds really weird. Like I'm not as tight as I used to be. I'm a lot looser now. I I hate saying that, but that's that's the reality of it. I'm not working out. I haven't worked out consistently since I left William Penn. My roommates at U and I we had Corona Strength once. COVID-19 first hit they built a gym in our garage. I wish I went out there a lot more. I did it go I went out there a few times. Did some deadlift, did some squat, did some bench, you know, the normal workout stuff that you do. But I didn't do it at a consistent level. It's more like I was just doing this once probably every 2 weeks feeling like crap and then doing it 2 weeks later. It was a very weird thing but i want to start running again i did run a little bit up at you and i'd like to lose a little bit of weight i i I left william penn weighing about 212 i'm around 217 to 18 right now maybe somewhere closer to 220 i don't know and working in an office does not help my physique because i'm not work. i'm not moving around as much as i did during past summers where i worked in landscaping where i was just out of the time Lifting rocks, pushing wheelbarrows, dropping mulch, picking up mulch, all that stuff. I'm not really getting the natural workouts. So now I've got to kind of force myself. So I'm trying to get out every morning before I go to work and go on a nice little brisk little jog. And I'm going to start going around the block and then around two blocks and then around three and then start running like long distances. And I hate running. So this will kind of condition my body to start running and I'm trying to drink a lot more water. Mostly because, and I, I would like to preface this, I don't want to make any this sound like I'm on my high horse because I'm super healthy now. I am not healthy. I would like to say that first and foremost. I don't want to shame anybody if they're like, oh man, Logan, you're so cool. You're so healthy. Oh my goodness. Can't believe how healthy you are. It's not. You shouldn't be shaming me because I'm not as healthy and in shape as you are. I'm telling you, your perceptions of me are wrong. I am not healthy. I know I might be this, this... Podcasting God at this point, but I'm not. I know it's. A, I hold your hold your gasps, hold it. I, I it shouldn't have been a surprise to you at this point, but I I'm here to tell you that. But the main reason why I'm starting to do this is because I'm going to Montana two weeks from now. So it's June 1st right now for me recording this show. First time I've recorded a show back to back days in a very long time, and it makes me feel kind of weird. So. I don't know, just a little, it's just weird for me. But we're going to Montana in two weeks, higher elevation, we're going to go on hikes. I don't want to be completely dead by the time I get back to Iowa in a week from then. So I would just like to get as in decent of shape as I can, how decent you can get in two weeks. Actually more of like 10 days because I'm having another mouth surgery on the 10th, I'm getting the screw put in, because remember we had the bone graft surgery back in December, and now we're, we've are we gotten to the point now where it's healed up enough to where we can put a screw in and start the whole implant process. So my mouth is going to be not as bad as last time, but it's not going to feel great. So I'm not going to record a show from the 10th until the 23rd, 24th, no, 25th, whenever it is, because I get back on the 22nd, not really when I'm going to record something on the 22nd to get out the 23rd. That's not what I want to do. I'm going to take a day, or maybe I'll just come back that next Monday or something. I I don't know what the plan is, really. But yeah, (laughs) watch the Euros. We got a full Euro 2020 preview coming up on Friday. And if you didn't listen to the last show, yes, I am saying it right. Euro 2020. It is not Euro 2021, even though we are in the year 2021. No, 2020. Because we got, they're keeping with the same level. Because it's like the World Cup and the Olympics every four years. This is like the Olympics version of the Winter Olympics. Like you got the World Cup, which is Summer Olympics, and then the Winter Olympics, which is every, It's not the biggest tournament in the world, but it's a decently. It's the biggest tournament after the World Cup for international clubs. Because I guess you could go like, oh, the Champions League's bigger than I. I don't know. I'm sorry, but yeah, Euro twenty twenty is coming up on the twelfth. So I'm very excited to see that. Sweden plays on the 14th. I can't remember exactly who they play. I, ho- I, I think it's Spain. but I'm not 100% sure, but we'll have a full-blown preview for it on Friday. I'll try to record a video before that as well, so we'll get a video portion of the show out as well to just allow you to see my beautiful face because you haven't seen it in a couple months since we haven't done mock draft minute in a while. But speaking of mock draft and draft and whatever... I I sound like a hypocrite when I say this, because I was very adamant that I don't want to do a mock draft this early. I'm not doing a full mock draft, it's just a top 10, so stop your booing. I know this has been a very ri- ri- ridiculous show so far for you, who hold me such to such a higher standard than what I am currently holding myself at right now, but we are struggling. <laughs> we are struggling at this point in time because I want to kind of focus this show more around the draft I want to kind of pinpoint something like an actual thing like a niche like a a niche that I can just say this is what the Logan Blackman show is about might have a full-blown rebrand I don't know not right now obviously we're still the Logan Blackman show because we're still super creative I have a name that I've said on the show numerous times before and it was in mock draft minute a few times but I'd like to start focusing more on that, and with that, my attention has been focused on trying to put player rankings out, or try to come up with some player rankings, watching a lot more stuff, I need to start watching a little bit more stuff, I've already done the quarterbacks, because as a former quarterback, not at the highest level, no, D1, but NAI D1, but still D1 nonetheless, okay, and sure I didn't play, but I was, I was there, yeah. <laughs> I I would even though I didn't play D one college football and the NCAA level. I didn't play in the NFL either. Doesn't mean I don't know how to scout the position or know the position well enough to tell you who I think the best quarterbacks in this draft are, and you should take that and go, Wow, this guy kind of knows what he's talking about. Now you don't have to agree with me, but you can have to you can sit there and kinda of understand where I'm coming from. It's not like I'm just talking out of my ass for the sake of talking out of my ass. I have sustenance behind that. It's not just water. There is solid in there as well. Oh, man. Why did I use that analogy? I don't know. That's the beauty and the beast of having the Logan Blackman show. But I want to start, all in all, I want to start focusing more on positions. So hopefully, once we get back into a full schedule, because I'm still... Obviously, I didn't record a show Sunday. I'd record it Monday morning on Memorial Day. I'm still kind of in a little bit of a funk since it, it takes a little bit to get back going. I know it's not doesn't sound like the hardest thing to do. You just sit in front of a freaking microphone and talk for an hour and a half. But it can get difficult to get yourself back used to that, especially when you're off for two weeks. Like when I came back from my month off when I had my mouth surgery, that was not fun coming back from that because I had to relearn how to talk pretty much because we recorded that one random show like the day before my surgery when we had my tooth out and I had a full-blown lisp that sucked <laughs> trying to communicate with my loser family talking with a lisp while they're making fun of you the entire time is not the easiest situation to overcome but we're getting slowly back into a system and I think by next week we'll have, or maybe not next week, well, maybe after we get back from Montana, have the mouth and all that stuff, we'll be back to a fully blown, normalized schedule for you. Hopefully. See, I don't even know if that's really going to happen. But again, when I was talking about the draft thing, and I said, I don't want to do mock drafts because it's way too early. Yeah, see, everything always ties into each other because of one thing, you've you talked about something earlier, it has to connect with something later. That's how this show works. Not all the time. But we try to. So I said, I don't want to do mock drafts too early. Because we had Tom McShay doing mock drafts. People doing mock drafts like right after the NFL draft. Like Jason McIntyre was posting mock drafts because JT Daniel going number one overall. At this point in time, that's crazy talk. Now it could change because remember the 2020 NFL draft. Not a lot of people were saying Joe Burrow would go number one overall. And that happened. So this is the situation we are in right now. I am not... It is kind of a struggle right now, coming up with random crap to talk about. So, I did a top 10, not a full-blown, full 32 mock draft, just a top 10 of, you know, a draft, a mock draft, and this is not my order of a draft, I'd like to stress that. This is mock draft simulators order that they already had it in, so before we get into that, I'm not going to get into it right now, but their order, and I'm not saying this is exactly how it'll end, but they had the Texans picking first, Detroit second, Cincinnati third, the New York Jets fourth, the Jacksonville Jaguars fifth, Philadelphia Eagles sixth, the Raiders seventh, the Giants eighth, the Panthers ninth and the Falcons tenth. Now the the Giants also pick again at 11, which one of those picks is the Chicago Bears pick? I'm not I'm not 100% sure which pick is which, but yeah, that's how we're looking at it right now. Again, not my order because if this was my order they have the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl which is not what I have but I haven't I guess I don't know if I have that yet because I haven't made a single prediction coming towards the schedules coming out. Once we we just talked about the schedule, talked about some fun games that went out other than that I haven't done anything even like a thought of making a prediction. Now we have like way too early MVP predictions way too early, like coach of the year predictions, defensive player of the year predictions, not Super Bowl. Ah, I ain't doing that. Wait, did we do that on Zach and Dan's show? Did I say something back then? See, hypocrite. That is exactly. I'm the biggest hypocrite of 2021. To paraphrase what my what the GOAT Kendrick Lamar once said onto Pimpa Butterfly. But yes, we've got more draft stuff coming free in the near future. So put your friends on it if you want to hear more NFL draft stuff. But they like the NFL draft, but don't have a way to listen to the NFL draft or could care about the don't care about the schmucks that are talking about the NFL draft right now. Put them towards me. <laughs> but the first thing I want to talk about today is regarding the New York teams, the Giants and the Jets. Goodness gracious! I don't know what the expectations are. For any, I don't care about the expectations for any other team, but the Jets and the Giants. It's just because they're in New Jersey, which is right next to freaking New York City. It's like a suburb of New York City or something, They're where they play, East Rutherford, New Jersey. David Carr, this offseason, has taken the league by storm on the New York Jets. What has taken the league by storm by the New York Jets? What have they done? They had the number two pick, and a lot of people out there would have taken Justin Fields over. Zach Wilson. So I don't know if that took the league by storm that much. Now, this is just a quote. I haven't watched any videos about what David Carr said, so it could be like a taken out of context quote. Like He could have been saying something completely different. and They just threw Zach Wilson's face on there. But man, please don't tell me we're going back to the Sam Darnold last season where we're going 11-5 and five or we're going to win the division or... Zach Wilson's the best quarterback in the AFC East or whatever, whatever. Please don't tell me we're going back to that. We just got done talking about this last year and we still talk about it because it's funny to talk about. The Jets finished 2-14 last year. Any move would have taken the league by storm. What, are they going to double their wins this season? They don't have a great team. They have a decent team. They have a better front office and a better coach than what they've had the past few seasons, but has taken the league by storm. It's like saying, what? man, we have to do this every year, don't we? The Jets are finishing last in the division again because this division is too good for the Jets, and this division is not that great. You've got two top-heavy teams of the Jets or the Dolphins and Bills Patriots are all right. The Jets stink. I don't know how Zach Wilson's going to do in year one. Their offensive line improved. I guess what else? What did they even do this offseason? They got Elijah Moore from Ole Miss this offseason. They got Elijah Vera Tucker this offseason. Got Michael Carter, which is a very nice pickup in the, what the fourth round. But nothing has really quote taken the league by storm. That that essentially means to me that they're thinking that they're going to challenge for something. I don't think that's happening. I really hope we don't go back to last year. Cuz what what did we see from January to now that has said the Jets this offense has taken the league by storm. What how is it taken the league by storm? What are they going to do? Now I could just be completely I could be completely wrong about this. I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. But, man, this offense has taken the league by storm. Why? How? Got a lot of rookies, very talented rookies, but it hasn't taken the league by storm. That that was confusing when I saw this. And then Kim Jones said this has to be the year for the New York Giants. How is this has to be the year? Dak Prescott's coming back which should up the Cowboys record from last season. They improved as a team. The Washington football team still have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Got an underrated receiver in Curtis Samuel. Fitz Magic's going to work some magic this year. I mean, the division's not great. The Eastern divisions are not the strongest divisions of the NFL. The AFC East is better, but is it has to be the year for the Giants? I don't, even, I don't even think they know Daniel Jones, their guy, or not yet. Now, they got Kenny Galladay. Very nice move. I like Kenny Galladay a lot. They got Kadarius Toney in the draft. Like him a lot. One of my favorite wide receivers in this entire draft. Can do everything with the ball in his hands. But the Jets and the Giants. This has to be the year for the New York Giants. This offense has taken the league by storm. In what way? How, is this, how does this have to be the year for the New York Giants? How has this offense taken the league by storm? Unless they're getting Julio Jones, I don't really see a lot that I'm scared of with the Jets at this point in time. Not a lot. Sitting here as a Bills fan, I'm not too worried about the New York Jets. Rookie quarterback... Good offensive coordinator, young offensive coordinator, good head coach. At least we hope he's a good head coach. Good defensive coordinator. Hope he's a good head coach. Good GM. Smart moves this offseason, but there's nothing really that I've gone, oh, my God, look out for the New York Jets. Standing back. They're coming in hot. I'm not doing that. The Jets are not challenging for the division. They're not. They haven't and they're not taking the league by storm. So I don't know. I don't really know what to say about the New York Jets as a whole. Uh exciting future, I guess. Ex- I guess exciting future. They're a very young team. Very smart front office, at, like we said. But it hasn't taken anything by storm. And we said that Julio Jones him going to the Jets would be a move that goes Wow. Because remember earlier in this offseason that said look for the Jets to make a giant trade or some sort of trade. Now, so far this offseason, that giant trade has consisted of them trading up from twenty three to fourteen to take Elijah Vera Tucker. I don't think that's the big trade fans were really like gunning for this offseason. They were hoping for like a Deshaun Watson or a Julio Jones. And Julio has been the talk of every NFL fan as of late. Everybody's saying where Julio Jones is going to go. And I am sick and tired of hearing about where Julio Jones is going to go. Because now it's like, oh, here's the top 10 teams Julio likes. Oh, this team's getting linked with Julio Jones. No way. I can't believe that. Every team is linked with Julio Jones, at least in some capacity. Maybe not the Oh, it might happen. They're linked with them. The Bills are freaking linked with Julio Jones. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but they're linked with them. Every player that is a good player in the NFL that is on the trade block will get linked to every team in the NFL. Like every team that could use a wide receiver, which is almost every team, every team could use another wide receiver, especially one as good as Julio Jones. So I'm tired of seeing, oh, this is the top 10 team. Because remember when Matthew Stafford was getting traded, the Rams weren't really a team, at least that I saw. I could just be completely wrong about this, and it could have been talked about from day one. I just never saw it. Matthew Stafford going to the Rams was not something that I thought would happen. Because to me, it wasn't reported that much. Now again, I could be wrong. It could have been reported quite a bit. I remember the 49ers being a big team. That was going to get put a trade in for him. I remember the Dolphins were kind of big on looking at a trade for him. Who else were they linked with with Matthew Stafford? Who else was linked with them? Denver was linked with Matthew Stafford heavily. And then he went to LA. And Jared Goff went the other way. It was like, oh, Sean McVay doesn't like Jared Goff. Oh, they're trading him. Where's he going to go? No one knows. Oh, boom, there's a trade for Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford. Crazy. So I saw this on Instagram. It was the Julio Jones odds. And right now the Patriots are the odds on favorite according to Sports Betting Dime, their Instagram account. I don't know how accurate these odds are. I don't know Vegas's odds or anything. I just saw this on Instagram today. And the Patriots are plus 450 to land Julio Jones. They are the favorites to land Julio. Cuz it's the Patriots. And they're probably going to get some stupid trade of go like oh they got a third round And I saw something they're going to throw in Jarrett Stidham for their, the way to get Julio Jones is by getting Jarrett Stidham. And everybody was confused when they saw that report today. What, to pick him up at the airport? Like, what are they, would would Atlanta just take Jarrett? Jarrett? I don't know why would they take Jarrett Stidham in any trade, regardless of what the other piece of the trade are. I mean, they don't have a backup quarterback, so maybe they'd do that. Never, I guess I didn't even think about that. (laughs) But the Patriots, of course, They're linked with Julio Jones. Please don't go to the Patriots. That's all I'm going to say about the Patriots and Julio Jones. Please don't go to the Patriots. They got moves blown up this offseason for getting Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, and people are talking about the Patriots are back. They're good. They're decent and good receivers. They ain't barn burners. I mean, I guess they're really fast, but they're not people that are going to Light up the stats. See, they're going, oh, watch out for Nelson Aguilar. Oh, no, watch out for Kendrick Bourne. Now nah, that could all change this year. If Cam Newton, actually, when Cam Newton gets hurt, inevitably, Mac Jones goes in and starts balling out with these wide receivers. Or maybe Cam balls out with them. I don't know. They got two good tight ends. A Healthy, hopefully healthy. Off the line for them, Not, not hopefully healthy for me. I could care less if the Patriots are healthy or not. But please... Do not send Julio to New England. I do not need that. The team that I personally think Julio will end up with is the Titans. That's what just what I think it is. They got space to move around. They've got picks. They've got a need at wide receiver opposite of Corey Davis or not Corey Davis. He just got traded or signed with the Jets. Big move. They're taking the league by storm. They're getting Corey Davis. No AJ Brown. They got Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill. I could see that happening. Take the number eight jersey, because AJ Brown reportedly was. At first, it was like, "Oh, I'll give my number for Julio," and then now it's like, "I ain't giving my number up for anybody." But yeah, the Titans are the team I think he'll inevitably go to. Arthur Smith, the former offensive coordinator, has connections with the organization. Makes sense to work a deal out there. Help me, help you. We're competing. You're not. You need picks. We want players. Give us Julio. We'll give you picks. We're friends before. Help us out again. You put together a very impressive offense the past few seasons, Arthur. Help the offense get even better with you not being here this time. And then we'll see what we can do with that. But I think the Titans make the most sense. The Falcons are the fourth odds on favorite to just keep Julio Jones. The 49ers are there. The Jaguars are there tied with them is the Chargers, and then the Ravens, Colts, and Packers. Packers ain't trading for him. No way. If it does happen, fair play. I just do not see a world where the Packers move for Julio Jones. <laughs> I just cannot see that happening. That is just so weird for me to think about. Julio Jones on the Packers. Chargers aren't trading for him. At least I don't think they're trading for him. Again, Every team is linked with them, so I don't want to rule out a team entirely because it's going to be a team that's not really getting talked about that's going to trade for him. It's probably going to be someone like the freaking Cardinals or something like that and get Julio Jones with A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins. That's probably what it's going to end up being (laughs) because that's just how the NFL works. Or he will end up going to the New York Jets because they were talked about with a big-time trade and they were linked with Julio Jones at one point. Maybe it's the Bears. Doubt it again, but maybe it's the Bears. (laughs) Oh, man. Every team's getting linked to Julio. The Seahawks are interested in Julio. Well, no way they're interested in Julio. I'm interested in Julio as well. I want to like him on the Bills, too. And they just made some They moved some money around today. Links with Quan Short, Zach Hurts, but maybe it's Julio. Maybe the Bills moving in for Julio Jones. Maybe. You never know. And with Julio seemingly out of the picture in Atlanta, this will op- open the gates to use Kyle Pitts in way more systems in the offense. It's like another version of Julio, a younger version of Julio. Body type, anyways. Calvin Ridley gets a chance to be a true number one receiver. Now, be careful what you wish for because Juju Smith Schuster got that once to AJ Brown or Antonio Brown left. And it worked out so well for him because Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, the two best receivers of the 2010s, they take a lot of attention from defensive coordinators and cornerbacks respectively. It's going to make your job a whole lot easier with an Antonio Brown in his prime or a Julio Jones opposite of you. And they're not saying Calvin Ridley is not a great wide receiver. Calvin Ridley is a beast we knew this coming into the NFL when he came from Alabama and he balled out last year but just be careful I'm not saying that and I'm also not saying that he wants Julio out of the picture in Atlanta not saying that at all but will his numbers decrease a little bit or will they go up will they just skyrocket because what do you have he had an insane number of receiving yards last year but I don't remember exactly I'm not looking at him but I don't know it was kind of fun to think about what Julio, Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley. Now it's just Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. And then Matt Ryan will eventually be out of the picture. He's got two years left on his contract. So, yeah. What will they do next year in the draft? Will they go after a quarterback list next year? I think the, the decision to go after Kyle Pitts in this draft ultimately came down to it was Trey Lance or Kyle Pitts. We talked about that at nauseum here on the Logan Blackman Show when the draft was creeping up. And then the 49ers drafted Trey Lance. So I was kind of like, they kind of made our decision for us. We were kind of leaning one way. You made your decision. Okay, we'll go with Kyle Pitts. It was between those two, and Pitts was the pick for the Falcons. I'm really excited to see what he can do, because dude is an absolute freaking unit. Absolute unit. And talking about draft and quarterbacks in the draft. I saw this. In the last 35 years, only one Number one overall quarterback, overall pick QB has led their team to the playoffs in his rookie season. And that was Andrew Luck as a starter for the Colts. Can Gardner mention Gardner? Whoa. Can Trevor Lawrence do the same thing in Jacksonville? Let me just put it like this. I'll keep it short. No. Because the AFC is too freaking good. You look at all the teams in the AFC, the top of the divisions are Really good teams. The Bills, the Chiefs, the Browns, the Ravens. Then you've got the Titans. Then you've got who else am I forgetting about? The Chargers, who are gonna be on the uptick. Did I say the Steelers? No, I did not. The Colts are still there. It will be a miracle if the Jaguars go from one and fifteen to a playoff berth like that. In a AFC that is kicking. Off. I didn't even mention the Dolphins. Like if I had to make predictions of the playoffs right now. So what, there's seven teams in the playoffs? Right? Or am I wrong about that? Is there eight teams in the playoffs? So what, two plays seven? Three plays five? No. Is there six teams in the playoffs? Wow, I'm I'm losing it right now. I'm I'm really struggling right now. How many teams are in the playoffs? 2021 NFL season. 2020 NFL season. I've got, I'm completely blanking. I should probably cut this, but it's kind of fun for me to sit here and panic. And you guys, because there is seven. Okay, I was right. Two plays seven, three plays six, four plays five. So, the division winners, Chiefs win the AFC, AFC West, Bills win the AFC East, Browns or Ravens win the NFC North, and then the Titans win the AFC South. Browns or Ravens make the first wild card, Dolphins make the second wild card, are the Jaguars better than the Colts? No. Are the Jaguars better than the Steelers? No. Are the Jaguars really better than the Chargers? No. Are they better than the Patriots? No. All the teams that are going to be competing for that last spot, I think the top six teams are pretty much locked in no particular order because, like again, the Browns and Ravens, one of those teams will win the division, the other one will finish second. But... No. They're not it's not happening. The Jaguars are not making the playoffs this year. I would be shocked if they did. Their run defense stinks and the AFC, you got a lot of good running games here. You got the Ravens, you got the Colts, you've got the Browns. There's some three real the the freaking Titans in your division. Two of the top best two best rush offenses in the league are in your division, the Colts and Titans. That's not ideal. <laughs> That's what we call Less than ideal. And the Jaguars got a good rushing attack as well. They got Robinson, Etienne. We'll see how they use Etienne this season. But yeah, long story short, they are not making the playoffs. The Jaguars will not make it. They'll be improved from last year, but it's hard not to be better than 1 in 15. It is very challenging to be worse than 1 in 15. Only two teams in NFL history have been worse than 1 in 15 the Cleveland Browns and the Detroit Lions. Everybody else has been better than that even the teams that have gone without winning they did not play seven 16 games so that doesn't count but this year we have 17 games so if you cannot win a game in 17 games that is truly impressive i'll be really impressed if you manage to not win a single football game in 17 tries (laughs) 17 tries to win a football game, you have to. I don't think we're gonna have a re- like a team that 0 oh, 17. I mean, the Texans will probably be close. The Lions might be pretty close to that, but I don't think we're gonna have a lot of teams like the Jets finishing 2 and 14. The Jaguars finishing 1 and 15. I don't think we're gonna have that again. We have one win I, again. It's going to be you're gonna have to try to win only one game <laughs> with a 17 game schedule try super hard to do that and I was also thinking about this while we're talking about Trevor Lawrence the other day This popped in my head I was looking at MVP odds and Josh Allen I think was the third or fourth best odds to win the MVP which is a far cry from last year but now he's one of the favorites to win the MVP a few years ago there was no such thing as a freshman quarterback winning the Heisman Trophy or a freshman in general winning the Heisman Trophy until Johnny Manziel, and then Jameis Winston won it the very next year. We have, to my knowledge, I could be wrong about this. I didn't do a ton of research on this. There has not been a single rookie player to win an MVP. Would we have that sometime in the near future? A rookie player winning an MVP trophy? You know how dominant that player is going to have to be going from playing against college kids to professional athletes and 30-year-olds, it's going to be tough. Will we ever see it happen? Again, tough. But you've seen a lot of second-year quarterbacks win MVPs, namely Lamar Jackson winning a unanimous MVP, Patrick Mahomes winning an MVP, just to name the last two or two of the last three MVPs were second-year quarterbacks. It's because you have that one year of trial and error now, Patrick Mahomes didn't have that. He played one game as rookie year, so technically he could have gone the rookie. He could have won rookie of the year and MVP. But you have that first year where it's kind of like you're figuring things out, and then you dominate. Tim Tebow is the first sophomore to win the Heisman. Johnny Manziel, the first freshman to win the Heisman. Those are about what six, no, seven, eight years apart. When did Johnny Manziel win the Heisman again? I was in high school, but I don't remember exactly when that was. I know Tim Tebow won the Heisman in 2000. He won it in 08, right? His sophomore season at Florida. So, do we have a freshman, or in this case, a rookie, win an MVP? I think the best one, the one you're probably going to have the closest odds to that, would probably be Trey Lance. And we're talking about because if you want to win an MVP, your team has to make the playoffs. You cannot win the MVP and not make the playoffs. We've seen quarterbacks like Drew Brees and Russell Wilson miss the playoffs but have MVP caliber seasons, and if their team made the playoffs, they would have been the MVP of that season. But, like I just said, their team didn't make the playoffs. So that's why Trevor Lawrence, even though he'll probably have the best odds to win the MVP out of the rookie quarterbacks, or just rookies in general, it's probably not going to happen. The only quarterback, there's two quarterbacks actually, but the only one I can almost guarantee will make the playoffs is Trey Lance. I can't guarantee how many games he actually plays this year. Mac Jones I think has a very good shot to make the playoffs, but he's a similar thing to Trey Lance. I don't know how many games he's going to play this year. I think they will both be better as their current stars are now. I'm not saying Mac Jones will be better than prime Cam Newton, but what Cam Newton is now Mac Jones will be better than that. Trey Lance now Jimmy Garoppolo now and I guess in his prime as well, Trey Lance will be better than that. And Trey Lance, if he plays a lot of games this year, could have a very successful rookie season. Because if you hear the stories and how good he's looked in the preseason stuff or in the the mini camps, the OTAs and stuff, from players and coaches alike, you have Kyle Shanahan coaching, you have George Kittle as a reliable pass-catching tight end, do-everything tight end, a solid running back group, a good offensive line with the highest-paid offensive tackle in the NFL, and Trent Williams. You have good wide receivers, Debo, Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk. You've got a perfect system, and it is a system that is almost 100% identical to that of what they ran in North Dakota State. He even has Kyle Juszczyk, the best overall fullback in the NFL in regards to pass catching and the ability to run the ball. Like, this is a very similar offense to North Dakota State's offense, and... That could bode very, very well for Trey Lance. If they could stay healthy on the defensive side of the ball, I could see he is the, again, the only one right now, if a rookie quarterback were to win the MVP, because for years we never thought we'd see a freshman quarterback or a freshman win the Heisman Trophy until Johnny Manziel did it. Will we start seeing that with the NFL's rookies? I doubt it, but you never know. He said doubt it with freshman winning the Heisman. But if I had to pick one of them, it would be Trey Lance and the San Francisco 49ers. That is my prediction because I think his ceiling, and this he won't even reach his ceiling this year. But imagine if he won the MVP and he still hasn't reached the ceiling. <laughs> again, he won't win it. But again, I'd just like to preface if I had to choose. Now, out of the second-year quarterbacks, I think Justin Herbert has a really good shot. At winning the MVP this year. Now. He's not the best quarterback in this division. But he's got a skill level. And talent base. And good enough wide receivers. And good enough coaching staff. Now. That he could win the MVP. I'm not saying he will. and I'm not even guaranteeing the Chargers will make the playoffs. But he could do it. If you had to choose a second year quarterback. It would be him. Because the Bengals. They're not doing anything. The Chargers division. Outside of the Chiefs is not that great. The Raiders and Broncos are not great teams. The Bengals, they have to deal with the Steelers, Ravens, and Browns. I'm going to bet my money on (laughs) Justin Herbert doing better and getting better odds to win the MVP than Joe Burrow. And Tua, I don't know. He's going to have to put up some astronomical numbers to win the MVP over Justin Herbert. He just does not do the same things that Justin Herbert does. He's not as mobile, doesn't have as strong of an arm as Justin Herbert. Has a better team than Justin Herbert. So, yeah, that's my take on the whole MVP, second year, rookie quarterback type thing. But now we have reached the point where we can go over the top 10 of, I mean, it's not really a mock draft. It's mock draft. It's not, I'm not labeling it. It's just way too early mock draft. That's it. June 1st, June 2nd mock draft. It will post it on the Logan Blackman Show's website, so make sure you go and check it out on there once we ended up posting it. And if I mean, we posted by the time you're listening to the show. At least I hope I did. If I didn't, I apologize for that. And then <laughs> if I didn't even post it in general, I might forget to even cut this part out and just not have posted it. So just go to the website anyways and just check to see. Hey, maybe Logan just forgot to post the link somewhere. I don't know. Here's what we got top 10 for next year's draft. And this, again, is not my top 10. This is not my predictions on where these teams will finish. I'm not saying the order of the top 10 will go Texans, Lions, Bengals, Jets, Jags, Eagles, Raiders, Giants, Panthers, Falcons. I'm not saying that's what my thoughts are where they'll finish. That's what Mock Draft Simulator's website says, or mockdraftdatabase.com. It's a mock draft simulator thing on the Mock Draft Database website. So yeah, if you want to go and do that, go ahead. You can just go on there. You have it already loaded up. It'll just have the teams. You click on a player's name and click draft, and it'll go to that team. You can click all the teams. You can pick just your team. You can do all seven rounds. You can do one round. You can do strict trades. You can do free-for-all trades. I would very much recommend going on here if you're just bored and want to do a mock draft. I do this all the time. When I get bored, just do random mock drafts. It doesn't even need to be that good. You can just draft all quarterbacks if you really wanted to. Now, there's not that many quarterbacks to fit an entire seven-round draft, but there's a good amount of quarterbacks on here. Now, there's some quarterbacks that cannot get drafted this year, like Bryce Young, but he is on the mock draft databases website. We'll forget about that, though. But starting off, first overall, the Houston Texans, I have them taking Spencer Rattler. This goes against what I said in my top 10 quarterbacks thing, where I had Sam Howell as the best quarterback in the draft, and I still think that, but this is for prediction's sake. I think Sam Howell is the best quarterback in this draft class. But if I'm predicting it, I think Spencer Rattler at some point will pass Sam Howell, just based off what he can do. Sam Howell is a way more consistent quarterback than Spencer Rattler at this point in time. But I think Spencer Rattler is more talented than Sam Howell. And we've talked about the difference between talent and good on this show quite a bit. Like, Sam Darnold is more talented than Baker Mayfield. This is the example I always use. But Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. Spencer Rattler is more talented than Sam Howell. Sam Howell is a better quarterback than Spencer Rattler at this point in time. As I sit here on June 1st, 9.42 p.m. That's how I see it, but once the 2022 NFL draft rolls around, I think Rattler will have put himself in that category based off what he can do with the football in his hand. The NFL, ever since Patrick Mahomes took the league by storm, everybody is now wanting their quarterback to be like Patrick Mahomes. We have this all the time in the NFL. You have that one quarterback that does really, really well, and now we're all looking to go after that quarterback. You want quarterbacks that can ad-lib, that can contort their bodies, that have really strong arms, that can make plays when plays do not seem to be there. Spencer Rattler can do that. Now, the thing that could hurt Spencer Rattler is the aforementioned inconsistencies that he's had throughout his career at Oklahoma. He friggin' got benched against Texas. You don't see a number one overall pick in the draft getting benched in one of the biggest games of the season. Now, he came back and performed very well later in the game, ended up winning the game, but you don't see that. Trevor Lawrence never got benched. Joe Burrow never got benched. He lost the job, but he was never benched in the middle of a game. To my knowledge, he could have, and I just don't remember it. Kyler Murray, he split time with Kyle Allen at a but they were never guaranteed starter. They rotated. That was their whole thing with Kevin Sumlin at A&M. It was Kyle Allen, Kyler Murray. Both transferred, both in the NFL, both have started, one with a little more success than the other one. And the other thing that could hurt Rattler is his size. He's about six foot, six, one, two oh five. Around that. But in this era of NFL, Kyler Murray got drafted first overall. Baker Mayfield got drafted first overall. Zach Wilson just got drafted second overall. It's not about being the biggest quarterback. We're not looking for the Peyton Mannings or the Dan Marinos anymore. If you can play, we don't care about your size as much. Now Kyler Murray is the one that kind of bucked that trend, but Imagine if he didn't list at the combine five, ten, and one-eighth. Would they have still drafted a number one overall? The answer is yes. But it would have gotten met with a lot more scrutiny than what it did if he was listed five, nine, and seven eighths. As opposed to five, ten and one-eighth. So yeah, that but Spencer Rattler, I think, can do more with the football in his hands and can ad lib better than Sam Howell can. I think he has a stronger arm than Sam Howell. But again, I know I'm saying these things, but I think Sam Howell is more consistent. You know what you're getting from Sam Howell. And until I see some more consistency from Rattler, I think Howell will be the best quarterback in this draft. But that doesn't mean Howell will get drafted number one overall because I'm trying to predict. If I was doing this how I would do it, I would put Howell one. This is not how I would do it. Because my opinion matters very little to the eyes of the Texans and all the other 32 teams in the NFL. Or the other 31 teams in the NFL. I am here to predict what happens, not tell them what I would do. Or put my prediction... At, like out, I'm telling them what I would do. I would draft Hal. But for the sake of this... Okay, I kind of lost myself here. I'm sorry about this. I'm not going to write down Hal, but I'll say I'll draft Hal without writing... I don't know. I'm going to stop now. Detroit Lions second overall. Kayvon Thibodeau, the defensive end linebacker, D-lineman, whatever, defensive extraordinaire from Morgan. Overall, best player in the draft. I think everybody has that as a consensus at this point in time. He was the number one player coming out of high school, number one player going into the draft, and he's trying to win the Heisman Trophy. Now, do I think that'll happen? No, but... This isn't an incredibly strong year for the Heisman Trophy. I think Spencer Rattler is probably the favorite to win the Heisman out of the position that usually win the Heisman, but like the running back groups, not like as stacked as it has been in years, years past. You don't have no NTNs. You don't have no John, Najee Harris's. You don't have no Saquon Barkley's. You don't have those guys. The Anthony Thomas, just throwing it back a little bit more. I mean, Breeze Hall, Isaiah Spiller, they're good running backs, but will they win the Heisman? Probably not. So, this is if a defensive player is going to win it, this is probably the year to win one. And the Lions drafted an Oregon player last year, or I guess this year, in Panay Sewell, trying to get a tough team. Thibodeau would be that. Do I think they'll move off Jared Goff instantly? No. Because, again, I don't think this is like an insanely, compared to last year, this quarterback class is not as good as last year's. It's not a bad quarterback class. But it does not compare to the likes of Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones. Like, you had some very, very good quarterbacks last year. Now, I'm, assu- I'm sure there will be a lot of quarterbacks draft in the first two rounds, as there always is. But that does not mean that this class will be better than last year's. At this point in time. In the future, if we talk about this 10 years from now, sure, it could be the best class ever. But if I'm the Lions... Jared Goff is not a bad quarterback. I know, He's not a bad quarterback whatsoever. I don't think you have him for one year and just get rid of him. He's played in the Super Bowl. Regardless of what you think about him, he has played in the Super Bowl. That is facts. I know, don't throw at me Jeff Hosteller, Trent Dilfer have played in the Super Bowl. I get that. Jared Goff is a better quarterback than those two. I think we all know that. And I think the new Lions GM was there with the Rams when they drafted Goff. He's part of the scouting process when they got Goff. Dan Campbell seems to like Goff. They don't have anything for him to work with on the offensive side of the ball. So you got to have, you can't go, this was Goff's fault for us being this bad. The team sucks. And Thibodeau would be a player that would be a nice little cornerstone for the defense after you got a very good tackle in this year's draft and have one of the more underrated offensive lines in the NFL with Taylor Decker and Frank Ragnow there. Ragnow, I think, just became the highest paid center in the NFL. I know Corey Lindsley had that for a little bit in Mitch Morse before that, but I did Frank Ragnow get the highest contract in NFL history? I feel like he did, but I I might be wrong about that. Yeah, don't move off of Goff yet. Now, if he has an absolutely atrocious year, then by all means <laughs> move move off of him. But he's not a bad quarterback. He's not worthy of sucking and then moving off him right away. Don't do that. I would get Thibodeau on the lines. The Bengals at three. Take Evan Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama. This is just kind of crazy to think about. Evan Neal is 6'7, 360 pounds. That's a big dude. Compared to the top three, other top three tackles in this draft, according to me, Zion Nelson and Charles Cross from Mississippi State, Zion Nelson is 6'5, 316. Charles Cross is 6'5, 305. Evan Neal is 6'7, 360. And the thing that could really help Evan Neal, because you'll see a lot of drafts or a lot of prospect rankings that have either uh, Zion Nelson or Charles Cross above Neal or some other offensive tackles, and then the tackle from Penn State is also getting talked about up there. Neal has played two other positions on the offensive line. He's about to play his third position on the offensive line. Came into Bama, started as a true freshman at Alabama, which starting as a true freshman on the offensive line is hard enough. Starting as a true freshman on the offensive line at Alabama – is damn near impossible and he did that. Started at guard, transitioned to right tackle, played every game these past two seasons. Started at right tackle, now he's poised to make the transition over to left tackle. He's just a freaking monster. 6 foot 7 360. Riley Reef is on what? A one-year deal. I guess I don't really know what Riley Reef's deal is, but a lot of people weren't happy that they went with Jamar Chase in this year's draft. I was one that said they would draft Mark Chase. The connection between him and Burrow was just too good to pass up, even though Sewell was there. If the Bengals have a pick this high, then draft Evan Neal. And if they don't, still draft one of the best off tackles in this draft because this is a decent off-the-line class. Get a guy like Evan Neal, you would definitely sure up the off to line Moving on to number four, the Jets. Derek Stingley, I mean, kind of picks itself, really. Jets need help with the secondary. Stingley is the best cornerback in this draft by a country mile. He's been the best cornerback in college football for the past two years, and he struggled with injuries last year and was still probably the best cornerback if he was healthy. Like, Derek Stingley's a beast. (laughs) There's no second-guessing that. Jets need help on defense. Robert Sala will want to draft some defensive players this year. They went offensive heavy this year. As we said, Zach Wilson, Elijah Tucker, Michael Carter, Elijah Moore – They're going to want to do some help on the defense. Getting a Derek Stingley would be huge for the New York Jets. If they pick at four, I don't think he'll last very far past four. Unless he has like an absolutely insanely bad year or gets hurt, tears his ACL or Achilles or something, which I don't want to wish on anybody. Knock on wood for that. I don't don't want that to happen whatsoever. He's a very fun player to watch. Goes to the Jets, helps shore up their secondary. Five, Jacksonville. Kyle Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame. This dude, like, I love Jeremiah Koromoa. He's the linebacker from Notre Dame, linebacker safety, combo. He dropped to the second round because he was kind of a tweener. JOK was like 6'1", 220. Kyle Hamilton is a safety at 6'4", 219, and just flies all over the field. It was just like a natural thing for Notre Dame players to do, just be unnaturally gifted athletes and just make plays everywhere and Kyle Hamilton does that he's like freaking Cam Chancellor back there now he's not as scary as Cam Chancellor like he's gonna rip your freaking head off but he'll make plays all over the field he doesn't fall for fakes that often he makes plays past the line of scrimmage he makes plays in the secondary he'll make plays everywhere and for the Jaguars who a few years ago had one of the most feared defenses in the NFL for it's called Saxville for a year and now it's gone now you got some really talented young players like Josh Allen, Clayvon Tyson, CJ Henderson. You got a lot of Campbell, Tyson Campbell from Georgia. I think Andre Cisco's there as well. So you've got pieces there. Get a guy like Kyle Hamilton, you would help shore up the defense a little bit more. Now I think off to line makes a lot of sense here. You could get one of the aforementioned off to tackles that I mentioned, Neil or not Neil Nelson or Cross. Those two would make a lot of sense here. But Man, if Kyle Hamilton's here, it'd be very hard to pass up on him. I'm not really about safeties getting drafted in the first round unless they're like this. Unless you're like a Jamal Adams type player. This is a guy like that. 6'4", 219, playing safety, you have to move for him if you're in the top 10 and in need of some help on the defensive side of the ball and just want an overall playmaker. Six, the Eagles, Sam Howell. I don't think the Eagles are sold on Jalen Hurts and if they're not sold on him, if he doesn't have an insanely good year, there's very little chance in my mind that he keeps the starting job mowing forward. Sam Howell is the best quarterback in this draft class. Him falling the sixth is just the fact of the matter that teams in front of him don't need quarterbacks or drafted quarterbacks before. Like the Bengals drafted Joe Burrow in 2020. The, J- the Jets drafted Zach Wilson this year. The Jaguars got Trevor Lawrence the the lions got jared goff you can take or leave whatever you want with jared goff you if you'd get rid of him same hal goes there and we adjust a little bit more but if not you keep him Thibodeau goes there and hal unfortunately falls to number 6 and again very consistent pretty much a clone of baker mayfield very consistent college quarterback he's started as a freshman at north carolina and they elevated from year 1 to year 2 now the thing that'll be interesting with Sam Howell, they lost a lot of good players. Chaz Newsome, uh, Michael Carter, William, Jamal Williams, not Jamal Williams, crap, Javante Williams, Diami Brown, like four very good off-to-players for North Carolina, gone. All of them were drafted this past year. How he does with this new group of weapons will tell how good of a quarterback he truly is. And if he elevates or gets better numbers with this new group it'd be hard for him not to get draft number one overall right right that would be really just a a confirmation for me that he's the best quarterback in this draft class but yeah super consistent bigger dude not like taller but thicker dude a lot thicker than Spencer Rattler would fit in Philly would be their main guy and I like Jalen Hurts a lot but if they're not convinced on him they've talked about trading up to get Zach Wilson. So if they're not sold on him, I find it hard to believe they would not move for a quarterback if they picked in the top 10 this year. Number seven, the Raiders, uh, DeMarvin Leal from Texas A&M, the D-tackle from Texas A&M. They need help everywhere on defense. And you can go. I was stuck here between Drake Jackson, the edge edge rush from USC, and DeMarvin Leal. Spoiler alert, Drake Jackson's going eight to the Giants. They flip back and forth between these two spots. The Raiders, they play a traditional 4-3 defense, more of a 4-2-5 defense with Gus Bradley as their new D coordinator. And their interior D lines, not great. They just signed Quentin Jefferson from Buffalo. There's a reason he wasn't there past this year for Buffalo. Didn't really do a lot in Buffalo. Now, Edge Rusher could be a need as well, or is a need. Could be a hole filled as well by Drake Jackson. DeMarvin Leal, 6'5", 290, not really like a monster in the middle, kind of a versatile player, which could really help him in the draft. Ca- the you know the draft in general, versatility always helps players. So yeah, the Raiders go with that, and Drake Jackson going to the Giants. They're more of a traditional three-four defense. He just switched to an outside linebacker. Didn't have a lot of production this past season, but there's a lot of things working against him this year. Added on weight, switched positions. The Pac-12's weird-ass season. And he was playing for a new D coordinator and still managed to squeak his way into the second team All-Pac-12 for the second straight year. Like, you're still getting all-conference mentions. You're doing something right. And he will keep going up. And a lot of things with this draft class is just consistency. That is a big thing with a lot of players in this draft, not just the quarterbacks, but with the skill positions and the linemen as well. Consistency is key. And Drake Jackson, if he can find some consistency, would be an excellent edge rush partner with the recently drafted Aziz Ojalari. The Panthers at 9, uh, Christian Harris, the linebacker from Alabama, placed Luke Keekley, get a guy next to Shaq Thompson, they've improved their defense, they drafted a whole defense the year before last year, drafted J.C. Horn with the first pick this year, drafted some good defensive players again, and now they add another player, another key defensive player in Christian Harris, who is the best linebacker in this draft class. Gives him a do-everything style linebacker that would be a nice little nail in the coffin of their improved defense. You look at what the Panthers have done on defense, getting a linebacker like Christian Harris would certainly be the finishing touch to a very talented young defense when looking at the division that has the receiving groups and the offensive weapons that the NFC South has. It'd be smart... For the Panthers to keep addressing the defensive side of the ball. And then 10, Atlanta. And I'm going with Malik Willis from Liberty. Matt Ryan will be on one year after this year. 38 years old, 37 years old, something like that. Get Malik Willis in. If he balls out again, he deserves to be in the first round. By far. And being from Atlanta, I think it would be really cool to see him play for the Falcons. Maybe not the year next year, the year after that. Maybe it takes a little bit for him to get the playing time in Atlanta. But if Arthur Smith wants to go with that run-first style of offense, Malik Willis would be perfect for that. He plays like Michael Vick, and the chance for him to go back to Atlanta, play for the Falcons, now he, I don't think he'd wear the 7 jersey, I don't think they'll, I think that's going to be an honor jersey, I don't think he'd want to wear that anyways. Like Ryan Matthews not wearing 21 in San Diego, or 24. Like he wore 21 in college, but the Chargers didn't officially retire LT's number yet. They're going to, eh, I'm just going to wear 24 instead. Similar situation here. Now, Desmond Ritter would be a very good option here as well. Bigger quarterback than Malik Willis, but consistency is not as athletic as Malik Willis. I think he has a stronger arm than Willis, but just not as athletic. And they might not even go quarterback here. I just think that the Falcons, after talking about getting a quarterback this year, I, I find it hard to think that they would not go after a quarterback this year if they're really serious serious about going forward with a rebuild or some sort of a rebuild, retooling, I guess. I don't know. They replaced Kyle Pitt, or Ray Julio with Kyle Pitts. Eventually replaced Matt Ryan with Malik Willis. I think that would be a very wise, wise way to do things down in Atlanta. So just a recap of the top ten. Houston taking Rattler at number one from Oklahoma. Detroit taking Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. Cincinnati Bengals take Evan Neal from Alabama, the offensive tackle from Bama. New York Jets take Derek Stingley from LSU. The Jaguars take Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. The Eagles take Sam Howell from North Carolina. DeMarvin Leal, the D tackle from Texas A&M, goes to uh, the Las Vegas Raiders at 7. Drake Johnson of the Giants at 8. Jake Jackson, sorry. Christian Harris goes to the Carolina Panthers at 9. And Malik Willis goes to the Atlanta Falcons at number 10. So that is what I've got for you today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If not, I apologize for that, but I enjoyed talking about it. Now, I am going to go to bed. I am tired. It was a long day at work, and I want to start running in the morning. So I got to get my sleep so I can get up and get a, get a little brisk little jog in the morning. So with that being said, I will see you all later. Peace.